0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
1: I don't need, I don't need to record anything, do I?
2: Hello! I'm Allison Raskin. I'm a writer, mental health advocate, and co-host of the podcast Just Between Us. What a coincidence. I'm Gabe S. Dunn. I'm a writer, bisexual icon, wink, and I'm also the co-host of this show. Just Between Us is a variety show where we interview fascinating people, play a ridiculous game called hypotheticals, and talk about things that affect everyone or maybe sometimes just me. We also do a show called Too Long Did Read It, which is a show where we scour the depths of Reddit to find the weirdest, kookiest, most upsetting posts and then give our opinions. So if you're looking for a new show to check out that goes from silly to serious in the same episode, often multiple times. Back and forth (laughs) from each of us. You can check out the Just Between Us feed where we have over 200 episodes waiting just for you. 200 episodes. I know, we've been doing this a long time. And they were very funny. Okay.
0: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meirth with... It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, for making your way here, checking out the series. Please do hit that subscribe button. I uh, I put out three new interviews every single week, new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover the new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR wfpk.org youtube for the video versions or anywhere you get your podcast from subscribe to kyle meredith with that's me kyle meredith today my guest ac newman of the new Pornographers. We're gonna be talking about their latest album, Continue as a Guest, uh, AC's gonna, well, we're gonna talk about still being uh, him still being surprised to be a working musician, uh, having Bell and Sebastian and Neutral Milk Hotel as early influences and, and what that meant towards the songwriting, and the pros of really not being tied to any specific decade or era. Uh, AC is also going to dive into the stories behind some of the new songs, we'll debate whether it's good or not to reference pop culture in lyrics, and we're both going to show some love for the sound of a saxophone as well. It's all that and more. We're talking continue as a guest, Kyle Meredith, with AC Newman of the New Pornographers. Hey, how are you? It's hard to compliment because I feel like I would say the same thing about every record that you've ever put out. I'm such a fan. I love what you've done again. Um,
1: what is it? What do you say? Congratulations? I guess. Thank you. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's weird, but yes, congratulations. It's hard to make a record. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think any. I think I think anybody that makes anything needs needs to be congratulated.
0: Well, I was thinking about that this morning because um, not really in relation to this, but the just the idea of making something, making music, and putting it out into the world. Like I tried my hand at songwriting twenty years ago when I was still, you know. Young man, high school college, and all that stuff and and I kept coming back to like, you know what this idea I had somebody's already done it better. I can't do this, and if you can find a way to put that out like that's that's huge like i I don't know what that looks like every single time going into a record but but what is what does that hill look like for you?
1: you know, I don't know how I don't know how I did it, you know because I didn't pick up an instrument until I was eighteen. Nobody in my family, like, I didn't come from a musical family. I mean, my family liked music. There was music around. Um, I think I just decided, you know, I loved music. And I started playing guitar. But I remember there felt like a line. When I first started playing music, when I first played in a band, I thought, do I dare cross that line from audience member to person on stage? Like, it felt like a, it felt like a huge step. You know, and, and then I think I was lucky in that the first show I ever played was a ton of fun. It was, it was filled with like a lot of supportive friends, like it went over well. Like I feel like if I'd gone on stage and bombed, that might have been the end of it. You know, like that that might have been like, no, I don't want to ever do that again. That makes me feel sad. But I, but I had, I think I had enough of a high from it that I thought. I like doing this and even even then I I wasn't really taking songwriting seriously like I, I just thought like it was a fun thing to do to just get up and play some riffs and yell but I, I I I feel like it was just something I wanted to learn to do I I think I was just I was just drawn to it and I I mean I look at everything I've done and I feel like it, it so much of it just feels like like a learning process you know um I I feel like I was just trying to I was just trying to figure out how to make music that was like the music that I liked you know like I just I like anybody you know like um like I remember in the late 90s hearing the song Son of My Father by Giorgio Giorgio Moroder and thinking let's do that (laughs) you know like like let's figure out how to sound like that, and I think that that was, you know, I think that was a big influence. Uh, you know, it's like nobody. Also, part of it is me. It all starts from being a fan, especially from somebody who didn't pick up an instrument till later. I was always a huge fan, and I feel like I've always approached music as as a fan. So I'm I'm always, and I think I've had pretty pretty good taste in music. You know, I think <laughs> I think I've I've always been really, you know, I've taken music seriously and loved what I loved. And uh, so I think when I started making music, I think I I was trying to take from a lot of people that I thought were really cool. Like I was trying to take from early Eno and Sparks and ELO and Stranglers and Blondie and the cars, just, just music that I really liked and, or even, or even to be more current, I think when we started out, I was really into Bell and Sebastian and Neutral Milk Hotel. And I thought, we don't really sound like them, but I feel like I took I took a few things from them, which and one of them was that uh your songs don't have to be overly complicated. You know, you listen to the best Bell and Sebastian or Neutral Milk Hotel, and sometimes they're just three chord songs. And I thought, okay, well, you know maybe don't be afraid to be that. So I think I think with the new Pornographers, I was just trying to, I thought it was dumbing it down. Even 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 though I don't think our music sounds dumb, to me, I thought I was trying to dumb down what I do and just make it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, here, whatever it is, 20, 25 years later, I, I still, it all still feels like a mystery to me. Like I, I still I still go into my studio and try and work on new songs and ask myself, how do you do this? You know, like it feels like every song feels like learning a new craft. You know, like how do I, how do I, how do I do this? Um, I wish I had a formula.
0: Even the greatest songwriters will tell you that. that like, uh, I got to talk to Paul McCartney once, and he has no formula. It's not there, you know. And and we'll be right back right after this. I tell you there, there are a few things cooler than a great pair of cowboy boots. I mean, I'm thinking of some of my favorite movie heroes. Uh, like Clint Eastwood in in Outlaw Josie Wells, or or Kurt Russell as uh, as Wyatt Earp in Tombstone, uh, the Man in Black uh, from Westworld—that comes to mind. Ooh, or maybe Jeff Bridges in uh, in True Grit. Uh, I mean, it, nothing is cooler than seeing those cowboy boots walking to the screen. And and I'll tell you, there's no cooler brand of cowboy boots than Tacovas. And the great thing about the Coba is they're they're bringing this fresh perspective to heritage boot making. They've carried forward the uh, all the time honored traditions and quality that you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade for the most premium leathers, with over two hundred time honored individual steps, and the boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade. Down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And Tacobas is Western to the core. They're offering a bunch of other head-to-toe Western staples like trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it. They'll get you outfitted. And if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, then you should put on a pair of Tacobas. And you'll see, they'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. Tacovas believe in Western for all, and you can feel that when you go into their stores. When you walk in, you're greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink. Yes, even the hard stuff if you prefer, and you can get custom fitted for a new pair of boots. You can even get custom leather stamping or branding that'll make your boots truly one-of-a-kind. Just look up the closest store on Tacovas.com. And if you can't make it into the store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west.
3: Hey everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast.
2: Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified?
0: We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup.
3: Call four two three six six seven seven eight seven seven and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. Welcome back. It's Kyle
0: Meredith with AC Newman of the New Pornographers. I follow you online, and you do. You talk about some great artists all the time. A lot of them I know. Some um, uh, you know, I get fortunate enough that you turn me on to something that I missed. And the more and more I think about the bands that you put out there. Uh, to talk about the bands that you're talking about here as your influences and to come up like nobody sounds like the new pornographers and the new pornographers don't sound like anybody else somehow, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, and, and maybe that's different when you're the songwriter that you can pinpoint in each song, like, Oh yeah, I was definitely thinking about that band or ripping that band off or copying it, or whatever, you know, maybe you can hear that, but whatever you've done and, and the soup that you make with all the other collaborators that you have, it comes out completely its own thing. Not every band can say that. That's a hard thing to do. Somehow it worked with you.
1: It's funny. I don't feel that way about us. And I think it's because I'm inside of it, you know, like like I, I listen to Spoon and The National and I think, oh, they sound, you know, like I think they they sound like themselves. They sound so wholly like themselves. And I listen to us and I think I don't know. What do we you know? What do we sound like? Like I'm I'm inside of it. So I can't I can't tell. And also there there is the part of me that that loves like the white album that that grew up and so there's a part of me that doesn't want to make a really focused record like like i want i want to make music that's kind of all over the place in that same way um so i've always thought we were a little we were a little all over the place but um i mean I I can only trust I can only trust what you say. I mean, I'm glad it all sounds like us.
0: The very first line, even on this record, I am blurry on this here particular scene. I'm taking that out of context, but somehow that feels very much of what we're talking about right here.
1: Uh, yeah, I think I think it is. What's, what, what's the next line?
0: Well, I didn't write that one down, unfortunately. Oh, right,
1: right, right. Yeah, <laughs> I am blurry on this here particular scene.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I will just go ahead and throw that direct, you know, for that to be the opening line of the album. I mean it do you do that, you know, um specifically to set up the journey? Do you do you is it that precise for you?
1: No, no, I think I think that's kind of accidental. Um I'm I'm glad I'm glad it works. Like it I'm I might have thought that during the sequencing of the record or during the making of the record. But there are a lot of ideas that I just forget about immediately like like if if something works, I go "Great, that works," and then I move on to what doesn't work so so i'm not I'm not usually patting myself on the back <laughs> for very long so it's it's nice to go back to the record and go, "Oh right, that's a great line you know because I w- once once I wrote it and once I sang it, I just stopped thinking about it. I mean, because there are terrible lines that need to be fixed, you
0: know. <laughs> you can't concentrate on the good ones. You just yes. gotta, yeah, right, right. Exactly. Sure. That makes sense. You don't concentrate on the three tires that are working well. You concentrate on the flat one. That's the... <laughs> Exactly.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, hearing, you know, a little bit what you have spoken about on this record, um, you know, it was written at a time where a lot of the artists, obviously, that I'm talking to last year, this year, or probably next year, are going to be saying, yeah, you know, it came out of isolation. There does feel mm-hmm. like a lot of isolation on this. And, and you know, it's going to be that era, right? You had the pandemic era, and then you had the uh, the era of albums about isolation. I think that's what we're going to, mm-hmm. as we look back on that, you know, and, and start to summarize, you know, what we've been through. When you're, again, when you're inside these songs, when you're inside these albums, are you able to contextualize your catalog in the same way you would the Smiths, in the same way you would ELO? like for eras i guess is what i'm saying the zeitgeist
1: i uh, yeah i don't know you I mean what 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 era am i in i i don't know
0: cuz you got <laughs> as you said 20 25 years to look back on now you know what you know if you if if you notice the flat tires more than the, the the fully aired ones how do you look back on a catalog that is as as lengthy and varied as your rolls i mean do you see it in in any way in that sort of zeitgeisty way
1: i see where we came from like I think we were lucky and that we showed up at the same time as a lot of like-minded bands and also we showed up in Canada at the same time as a lot of like-minded Canadian bands um so i I feel like the early 2000s was a, was a pretty good time to be an indie rock band you know and I think that and I personally you know I, I was lucky and that's why I have a that's why I have a house here. You know because people were using indie rock songs in commercials in 2003 <laughs> you know um it's a but even then i didn't really feel quite part of anything you know like there there was you know there were strokes in the white stripes they they seemed like the cool kids and we were we were just like we were just like over in our corner at, at the same time even in canada you know, even in Canada, we felt like we were in the wrong spot. Like we weren't in Montreal, you know, we were in Vancouver. Um, where it felt like it felt like the scene was our friends, you know, like the scene was the pornographers and destroyer and black mountain. I also think there's something I think it can be good to be kind of outside a zeitgeist or outside of any scene, because I don't think anybody necessarily connects us with a very specific time and place, you know? like i think that can be that can be a curse if uh you know i think some bands are thought of as the new york band from 2002 and you know and then now it's like 21 years later um so you know i like, like i always thought yolita has had a great career and that they've never been they've always been like out on their own like they they were never they were popular but never a part of any scene so when you're that band you can just you can just keep moving you can keep moving through all the trends and i think i've always thought that's that's a good way to be
0: it's a good band it's a good example right there too because you're right uh for all the acclaim they've had in various decades they're one of the few that i don't associate i could associate them as much with you as the, with flaming lips in the early 90s or something like that that's yeah, that's yeah. really interesting yeah the, right if
1: they were there i mean i saw them open i saw them open for my bloody valentine you <laughs> know like whenever that was like what was that, 1990? I don't even know. When did they, when did they break up?
0: No, that sounds right. That They would have been right around there.
2: And we'll be right back right after this. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified?
0: We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024
3: lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.
0: Welcome back. It's Kyle Meredith with AC Newman of the New Pornographers. I'll jump it. You know, more specifically into this record too. Um, I'm just like throwing darts here because there's so many great moments. Like that opening riff of, of Pontius Pilate's Home Movies. It's so good, and that song is so. Like, you know, again, I'm I'm a fan of the concept of your songs and, and, and you know, and, and the lyrics and everything. Where did, where or when did this concept arrive?
1: Um, well, I think, I mean, the music usually comes first, although the bass line came a little later. The bass line, which became very central to the song, showed up a little later. And then I think when I, when I had the title, when I had the chorus, um, the pontius pilots home movies then then i thought okay i think i know i think i knew what the song was going to be about i knew i knew that the song was going to be about um basically about social media uh even though i was i mean i mean i'm hesitant now to even talk about it <laughs> you know it it feels like will a song is written about social media age badly or is it just an eternal thing that we have to talk about now <laughs> Is 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 social media as eternal as love, you know, or or a broken heart at this point? But I, yeah, I, I realized the song should be. I wanted it to be about just the fractured way we experience life, in in social media, and I just thought that was a good metaphor. The idea, the idea that if Pontius Pilate, you know, had social media, he would have posted the crucifixion. You know, and and it would have been split. the The vote would have been evenly split on whether or not they should have killed Christ. Um, and so I that's went from there. I mean,
0: and... that line, by the way, of of the uh, of of his audience yelling "Too soon," that as a lyric, yeah. it might be my favorite moment. I mean, that's 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 the punchline. I feel like in that moment right there, it's really good. Yeah,
1: that was so. That was a uh, yeah. I felt like I felt like once I once I had that, I was. I thought like what a, I was just trying to buttress it, and so it was a lot of I I I thought the song should have like a lot of kind of not word salad, but but I I felt you know because social media is so disconnected that I thought it should it should be a lot of it felt like it should be a lot of like little phrase a lot of little disconnected phrases, um all all in a row because that's that's what social media felt like to me but a lot of disconnected phrases that all ultimately say the same thing which is which is that social media is absolutely fucking with our brains (laughs) yeah there's a i think my favorite line on that song is i only like art when it's changing the subject because it it might be true that 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 one might be true
0: (laughs) you know being specific about that you know being hesitant about talking about it because social media and it just reminded me, though, that like there are plenty of songs. Although I'm trying to remember as many as I can on the on the spot here, but you know, the, the references are so, so specific to the time that you would think they shouldn't still be around, but they are. Mm-hmm. Like, like Billy Joel's "We Didn't Start the Fire" comes. I mean, that's so specific. Of course, you're talking about all of history or "Bare Naked Ladies One Week." You know, that's another yeah. example. Like those are so specific, and and still, like my son is fourteen, he's fifteen. And he knows a lot of the words of that. He doesn't even care, you know, that he doesn't know the reference.
1: Or, or I was just in I was just in London, and I was you know I was walking around, and it was funny how many places I recognized just from rock and roll lyrics. Right, right. You know, it's it's like a oh we're in St John's Wood. The Rolling Stones sing about that and play with fire. You know, like all these, uh, and and you realize that like yeah you can. You can be oddly specific like that and it doesn't matter, you know, like uh, and then I, I don't do that that I, I don't do that that often. But sometimes I think I should I should do it more because it's, it's always a uh, it's always a fun trick. You know, it, I, I'm talking about the Internet. It reminded me of I think there was a Destiny's Child song. I think it was Survivor where there was a song. Beyonce sings I ain't going to diss you on the Internet. And I remember thinking at the time, thinking she mentioned the Internet in the lyric. And I didn't I don't think anybody had ever done that. And I thought, like, that's a brave move. Like you're lying. And I thought, is this going to age well? And it did, you know, because the Internet has become so eternal, like singing about I'm not going to diss you on the Internet is seems as relatable as I love you. Or you broke my heart.
0: That's scary.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: I mean, and this uh, for for to be you know balanced here. Um, I almost said fair and balanced, and I didn't want to go there. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there's probably plenty of those moments where it didn't work. I was thinking, like cheesy songs are coming to my brain now. Like, um, um, what was it? She likes me for me. Blessed union of souls because they mentioned DVDs. And and like, there are those yeah, moments that's... like that didn't that I mean, that song might not have stuck around anyway. But uh, but specifically, there are those lines like they don't always work, though. But um.
1: it's funny how some of it. Yeah. Like if you mentioned CDs or DVD or DVDs are acceptable CDs, not so much. But yet there's. um In Big Mouth Strikes Again, where mm-hmm. he sings about like her Walkman, her Walkman started to melt. That's brilliant. And it doesn't it makes it better. Like knowing that the Walkman is this thing that, you know, only somebody from the 80s would remember, like makes it better. It doesn't make it feel outdated. So I guess it's, you have to judge them by a case by case basis, (laughs) I guess. Um,
0: The mood of the title track, I thought I'd bring up too, because it feels like it's really simple, the title track, talking about uh, continuous, I guess, but it just keeps pushing and pushing without, I don't know. A complete resolve at the end you know it's not that it doesn't Mm -hmm. resolve but but like that's another one that i would just like to hear about because at what point do you make that decision you're like you know what we're just gonna keep taking it there and taking it there and taking there but it's not gonna be frustrating that feels like a good songwriting trick as well
1: yeah i mean that was the one that was the one i was not sure of that was the one track on the record where i thought it it felt like the weirdest song because it was kind of it was kind of mellower and just the vibe of it. But it was also a song that I noticed people were gravitating towards. You know, it like within the band or playing songs for other people. They would go, I, I really like this one. Um and I and that and that's always nice to hear. It's like, oh, the the one that I think might be too weird is the one that you you like the most. So I thought, okay, that's good. I will take that, I will take that feedback. Um, yeah, I I mean, it was, that song was built around, there's like, it starts with a kind of weird, weird sounding loop. Um, I don't even know where it came from at this point. It's a common thing I've been doing recently is like, not looping other people's songs, just looping like weird sections of music that I've made or we've made and just and just taking that and like writing a song around it, um, because it fe- it feels like um just feels like a fun exercise. You I mean you don't know? You, sometimes it turns into a song that you put on a record, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I felt um, I felt really good about that. If that one that one felt like a model. That's one of those songs that felt like a model for songs going forward. Like I thought I should do more of these.
0: I do. I love the mood of that one, and um, it perfectly placed too. You know where it where it in that in that sequence that we were talking about earlier. This way yeah. it kind of lands there, and and you know and and again, I, like I said, I could throw a dart at this, and I love that the sax is sort of the hero uh, of this record, as far as mm-hmm. uh, you know the the outlier instruments, and and I, I think I was reading maybe it was a press release he talking about how it was just like a lot of times it's whatever instrument is lying around that ends up being the one that's used most. Yeah, which is kind of just a fun happenstance for a way to do a record, you know, and for it to work out.
1: It's it's always it's always how it's been though, you know. I mean it's 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 got to be something new, usually. If if it seems like something we used all over the last record, and it's like no, let's just find something else. But yeah, Zach was Zach is just a great um, all around musician, and I knew he was a great, you know, he played a bunch of different saxophones, and I thought let's put this to use. And I'm still going to, I mean, I think our next record's going to have a lot of saxophone on it just because Zach's around, you know, why not?
0: Well, and, and to be an instrument that sort of used to be the lead instrument in rock and roll and then just gone, you know, and it pops up every now and then it's always noticeable. And every time it pops up, I think, Oh man, I would love to hear more of that.
1: Well, it, it, it's a, it has a bad rap. I know some people really hate saxophone because it, It has been used in a very cheesy way. We've all seen Lost Boys, sure. Yeah, yeah, like not to go too deep into that. But it's also been used in such a cool way throughout rock history. You know, like starting with the Sonics or going to Roxy Music, X-Ray Specs, Romeo Void, Baker Street. You know, it's a... you know, and yeah, a lot of people have used it in recent years in a, in a cool way. Um, yeah. I mean, any instrument can be used in a, in a cool way, a cool way. If you, if you try and find the, a place for it, that, that's something I've been kind of fascinated recently fascinated by recently is like using, using instruments in a way that they're not usually used. Like there's a few songs in this record where I use the, um, a mandolin just as like a rhythm guitar like I don't I don't play any like bluegrass or any like fancy mandolin stuff just going like jing 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 just using it just like chugging on a mandolin like the Ramones might chug on a guitar just using it like almost like a tambourine or like you're hitting a hi-hat um and I thought it felt like a fun thing to do because not many people do this <laughs> you know nobody nobody uses the mandolin in such a boneheaded, simple way. And I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to use it and in a, I'm going to use the mandolin in a really artless way. Um, and so I thought another, another uh, instrument I'd like to reclaim is banjo, but I don't, I don't own a banjo. I think I might have to buy one because I think, I think there are ways to use the banjo that, that aren't, you know, banjo-y. Right. To put it politely, banjo like.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're the well, like uh Caroline Polachek, uh sh- her new record, she's you know, she's got the bagpipes on it. And, mm-hmm. and that's been one of those like when people have pulled that off you know uh like the church when they did it that's one mm-hmm. of the greatest mo- you know that's one of my- i mean god that's one of the greatest songs of all time anyway when acdc did it it was a little bit more obvious but it still worked you know that's one of those i'm like when somebody can pull the bagpipes off oh you've done it
1: have you ever heard rufus harley no you should look up look up rufus harley okay L- like 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 it's spelled like it sounds he he's put out some crazy bagpipe records like, I think he does a cover of eight miles high with bagpipes.
0: With bagpipes. <laughs> I'm,
1: I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm making that up. I'm pretty sure it's a real thing. Um, it's a hard, bagpipes is a hard instrument to, to rescue.
0: Well, if you're, if it's ever around, I would, you know, love to see that happen for the. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because if you if you're, if you're going to use bagpipes, you got to, you got to get used to the fact that your song is going to have like a uh, or like running through the whole thing. <laughs> you know, does that work? Does 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 that loud uh, abrasive drone work in your music? Then you're a, you're a bagpipes person.
0: Yeah, it's like you, you, when you talk about the drone, like why hasn't John Cale done that? Because he could use that to his advantage. Like I've already got the drone part down. It's just add layering on something like that.
1: It's true. I'm sure I'm sure lots of people have done it, but sometimes the drone seems to be in a different key. Yeah, it's a confusing instrument. <laughs> I'm not going down that road. No nobody has to worry. I'm not adding bagpipes. I'm not a chance in hell. We'll see. God, God love them. God love them, but no. I'm not adding bagpipes.
0: Dreams crushed just right here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Well,
1: I'm a, I'm a dream crusher.
0: Uh, that's not true. Um seriously, this record I love it so much and it's always great to hear from uh, from you all and the whole collective and uh, and occasionally seeing you out on the road. Um Got the whole gang going out with you this time?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, Dan Dan uh, is not out with us because he's not really bad anymore. But yeah, yeah, everybody's everybody's coming out with us. And my friend, uh, my friend Adam Schatz, is Zach Zach, who played uh, sax on the record, couldn't do it because he's making a record with Amos Lee. But um, my friend Adam Schatz is coming out with us. Who's uh, an amazing musician. His main gig is a uh, Japanese breakfast. He got to play SNL, so he's 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 scratched that bucket list off that I will probably never get to scratch off. Um, So yeah, Zach's uh, sorry, Adam's uh, coming out with us, and so he's adding. He's the new he's the new kid in the group for this tour. Um, Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I'm looking forward to it.
0: We'll see you out there, and uh, congratulations on this brand new album. Continue as a guest.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And my thanks to A.C. Newman. The new Pornographer is the latest album. is called Continue as a Guest. Thanks to you for checking out the episode and the series. Again, please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Uh, You'll get three new interviews sent your way every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. To stay up to date on your favorite artists and discover some new ones at iTunes and Apple Podcasts. at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, WFPK.org, YouTube for the video versions, or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith With. Then after that, head over to wfpk.org where I do a show Monday through Friday starting at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at (laughs) wfpk.org. Consequence as your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them. The address is at Kyle Meredith. So do hope you like and follow along. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Hey
2: everybody, it's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian, and we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaro 2024. These are GA plus, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We
0: want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup.
2: Call
3: 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks.
0: Consequence Podcast Network. All right, take it easy.